Do you want to have a quickie? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Quickie with Sean, a Celtic Down Under production. As usual, if you're listening to audio only, there will be some uh, video clips uh, interspersed throughout the talking points, which you may wish to jump onto YouTube and watch. It's only 10 minutes long if you'd like to do that. There were three midweek games in the SPFL last week that had been pushed back due to league semi-finals. Sevco scraped a 3-2 away win against 10-man Kilmarnock, while Hearts annihilated Aberdeen 5-0 in Edinburgh, and Celtic enjoyed a comfortable 4-0 win against St Mirren with goals from Abada and Turnbull, either side of a Kyogo double. The pick of the bunch was definitely the Japanese player's second, which resulted from an incisive left-footed Hitati through ball and a superb no-look volley lob over the on-rushing goalkeeper. The tie will be repeated at Celtic Park in just under three weeks' time in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. In terms of the league campaign, we are now halfway by some measures, having now played every team home and away and beginning a run of 11 games against 11 different opponents before the split. After the boys racked up their 20th league win of the season, they had Greenock Morton making the journey along to Celtic Park with over 2,000 supporters. The largest away support that has visited the East End this season, in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. The Blue and White Hoops had 34-year-old Celtic alumnus Effie Ambrose starting in the centre of defence, as well as former Celtic super kid, who is now 25 years old, Calvin Miller, on the left wing. The other most notable starter for the mid-table championship side was Jai Katongo, son of Angolan legend Jose, who is following in his dad's footsteps racking up signing bonuses from Scottish clubs based on his highlight reels and then being shifted on to the next victim. Celtic started a strong team with the most notable changes being the inclusion of players just on the fringe of the starting 11 in Turnbull and Abada. Johnson and Burnaby started at fullback as Greg Taylor continues his recovery, Anthony Ralston suffered a setback with his injury, and Joseph Dranovic was on his way to Berlin in a £7.5 million transfer. The visitors started brightly and were extremely hard done by when VAR signalled a penalty for an incidental handball from a deflected shot bouncing up onto the arm of Effie Ambrose Ballon d'Or. By all accounts, referee Kevin Clancy and VAR official Craig Napier were the only two people watching in the whole world who actually believed it was a handball offence from the Nigerian. The Celtic fans highlighting anti-Celtic bias from officials quite rightly pointed out that it wouldn't have been given if that was Conor Goldson's arm and that it seems we're been giving some evening up now in situations which aren't quite as close as, say, a cup final against Glasgow's second biggest team next month. The post-match narrative led by Morton manager Dougie Emery is that this varsical decision triggered an implosion from the team of 11 professional footballers who were providing alleged opposition to Celtic on the BBC broadcast. Aaron Moy calmly dispatched the penalty and Kyogo scored a double either side of a Turnbull long-range effort to take his tally for the season to 20. Effie Ambrose directly caused the goal which doubled Celtic's lead, looking very much like the player who helped Juventus beat Celtic in the Champions League three days after playing in the African Cup of Nations final in 2013. 
It's difficult to believe that the player now lowering standards in the Scottish Championship once led a defence which beat Messi's Barcelona 2-1 and was linked with transfers to the likes of West Ham, Crystal Palace and Liverpool. The first half had been a masterclass from Moy and Turnbull, showing their technical ability and nous against an opposition who aren't at a level to deal with international playmakers, well supported by the energy and drive of Kyogo, Abada and Maeda. But after going in at half-time 4-0 up, Celtic dropped a gear in the second half, following the introduction of some subs who needed game time in Haksibanovic and debutante Iwata, replacing Kyogo and McGregor. The side lacked a clinical edge without a true striker, and Alistair Johnson was unlucky not to score his first Celtic goal before Aaron Moy added gloss to the scoreline in the 84th minute with a close-range smash into the net. It could have been a hat-trick for the Australian, but he hit the post from six yards out earlier in the game. Still, it has been a fantastic run of form for the former buddy who has scored four goals since his World Cup return, having failed to score prior. The 5-0 win was also the fourth win in a row for Celtic whilst keeping a clean sheet at home. A feat which eluded the boys in the four months between 4-0 wins against Sevco and Hibs. Next up is a trip to Tanadice on Sunday afternoon, 25 hours after Sevco have faced St Johnston for the second time in a week. The Perth side had a fan revolt on their hands for their Scottish Cup tie against Penalty 2 FC, with fewer than 500 home supporters choosing to pay £30 for a seat in the main stand of McDermott Park, while the board cashed in on the bigot pound by filling the other three stands with over 7,000 of the blue hordes of Ibrooks. The St Johnson board tries to justify their cash-in by pointing out that there was an even number of teeth for home and away fans before sneaking off to make a six-figure bid for Ross County striker Jordan White. On the pitch, the Saints continued their turgid run of form, losing 1-0 to rack up a sixth defeat in a row before heading to Ibrox next week, followed by a midweek trip to Motherwell before they host the champions in a televised Sunday afternoon game. There was also an Edinburgh Derby Cup clash taking place at Easter Roads on the Sunday ahead of the fifth round draw. Edinburgh Rangers took an early lead through Josh Ginelli after Hibs had hit the post. The hosts continued to have the better chances throughout in a scrappy game, but in the 72nd minute, informed striker Lawrence Shankland fashioned a chance out of nothing and applied a sensational finish to double the lead of the visitors. He then received a second yellow card for showing studs even though it was somewhat bought by Rocky Bashiri's theatrics. Hart centre-back Tony Civic scored a 96-minute counter-attack to rub salt in the wind of the Hybees and replicate the 3-0 Derby scoreline from three weeks ago. Hart's manager Robbie Nielsen, who admitted the score flattered his side, will be challenging mouthpiece Michael Beale for manager of the month as the SPFL committee desperately tried to find anyone other than Ange Postacoglu to give it to. There were a few games called off due to weather, and of the remaining cup ties, only one weekend game really qualified as an upset. Bottom of the championship, Hamilton Ackies held Ross County to a 0-0 draw, and then went on to knock the Staggies out in a 5-3 shootout victory. The visitors dominated the game, but were unable to finish their chances as they extended their profligate form to only two goals, scored from seven games after the World Cup break. 
After the elimination of Ross County, Hibernian and St Johnston, the other nine top flight teams went into the hat for the last 16 draw. As mentioned earlier, Celtic will host St Mirren, while Kilmarnock travel to Tanadice in the only other clash featuring two Premiership sides. At least two of the showcase games for Scottish football will be played on plastic, with Livingston being drawn at home to Inverness or Queen's Park, and Hamilton hosting Hearts as reward for knocking out Ross County. However, not all nine Premiership sides survived beyond Monday, as Aberdeen were knocked out of the cup by sixth-tier East Ayrshire Minnows Darvel. A team so globally obscure till now that they don't have a badge in my football scores app and their league is simply listed under generic term, Regional League. The most hilarious highlight was Albanian midfielder Yeber Ramadani getting a lesson in grassroots Scottish football as he was casually bumped off the ball before being turned inside out in the build-up to the goal. Aberdeen came out in the second half after some subs and will complain about an incorrect offside decision but Darbell had dominated the first half in their 58 Caesar Stadium and were well worth the 1-0 win. As upsets go, this may go down as the biggest in Scottish Cup history and is probably equivalent to a hypothetical Dumbarton victory over Villarreal. At the time of recording, rumours have Neil Lennon and Paul Lambert down as the favourites to become the third ex-Celt in a row to manage the Pataudry side, with Jim Goodwin's position seemingly untenable now. Darvel will host Falkirk to compete for a place in the quarter-final, while there will be at least one more lower division side in the quarter-final, as Cove, Ayr, Elgin and Drum Chapel have been drawn together in a four-team round-robin to commence once the weather becomes more clement. In other exciting news, the Celtic B team went top of the Scottish Lowland League, despite being bereft of the injured Rocco Vata and the first-team debutant Boson Lawal who played the last 10 minutes against Morton. Joey Dawson and substitute Ben Quinn provided the goals in a 2-1 home win against third-place Trinent Juniors. The B team are level on 51 points with Trinent and Sevco B, but sit top with a superior goal difference after two-thirds of the season. In other round ball news, Andy Murray reminded Scottish people why he's potentially the greatest Scottish sports person of all time, when he battled through the longest game of his career at 5 hours and 45 minutes to beat Thanasi Kokonakis in 5 sets at the Australian Open. The game finished at 4am due to some crazy scheduling around the Melbourne time zone and Murray showed his calm, reasoned passion when protesting the refusal of a toilet break despite the length and time of the game. The 35-year-old from Dunblane, who now has a metal hip and was told by the surgeon he would have to retire after the operation, was knocked out in the third round by the seeded Spaniard Roberto Batista Agut. A reflective Murray advised that he's targeting improving his ATP ranking going forward to give himself a better seeding and chance of going deeper in the Grand Slam tournaments. Thank you for tuning in as this week to Quickie with Sean. Any feedback or comments, please leave below. Do you want to have a quickie?